I have loved Kate Bishop ever since she was first introduced with like the Young Avengers. <laughs> I just really love like her snark. I love characters with powers, but I also really love characters who just were able to be the hero they are because of the decisions they make and because of their own wits and their own like courage and stubbornly never giving up. Welcome to Women of Marvel. I'm Marvel writer Preeti Chipper, and we are going to get right to the point. Well, as an editor, I don't know that I can do anything <laughs> about that line, Preeti, but I'm Ellie Pyle, and I am going to let you take your shot. Hey, this week is all about the headstrong archer, Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Kate is the daughter of a wealthy crime boss, and she doesn't have any superpowers, but she has trained in archery, swordmanship, martial arts, and other forms of combat to a level that puts her on par with just about any other hero. She first appeared in Young Avengers number one in 2005 when she joins the original Young Avengers team alongside Stature, Patriot, Wiccan, Hulkling, and Speed. So, Preeti, you know, one of our Marvel audio teammates is a huge Kate Bishop fan. We have producer Jasmine Estrada here to help us out. Hello. Jasmine, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? I am Jasmine Estrada, and I'm an audio producer here at Marvel. I've worked on a handful of different podcasts, but currently working on This Week in Marvel. So if our listeners might need some convincing, although I don't know why they would because she's amazing. Obviously. What are your top reasons that you would give them for why they should love Kate Bishop? So start things off. She is a leader. We know her as a founding member of the Young Avengers. But she's also had leadership roles in teams like West Coast Avengers, where she had to not only just build her own team from the ground up, but like, I mean, there's a legacy there, right? Like everybody remembers like the West Coast Avengers led by Hawkeye, Clint Barton. But this is like her version. Rather than being like, I'm going to get all these heavy hitters, she's like, I'm going to get my friends. And like, <laughs> that's it. And she does an excellent job at starting a private eye detective organization. Number two is... She has no powers. She has been on all these teams, like I said, and she's been on a team where she's always pretty much the only one without powers. Like she doesn't fly. She doesn't have super speed, super strength, nothing. Her only superpower is arrows. And like that is something that she trained for. Like it's easy to resonate with something like that, where it's like it's a skill that you can like learn and build and get better at. And like she just happens to be the best at it. And of course, she's best friends with America Chavez. She just surrounds herself with some of the best people. And her friendship with America Chavez is one of my favorite things in comics. Like, they're pretty much like sisters. Like, the way that they act is very much like they like to pick on each other and tease each other, but like are there for like the hardest times. And it just goes to show like the power of female friendship and like how important it is, especially like the Marvel Universe. And then, of course, she has two famous animal pets. Obviously, most people know Lucky, the pizza dog. But she also had Jeff the Landshark when she was on the West Coast Avengers. So, I mean, animals love her. I love her. There's clearly something there. I think those are perfect answers. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Also, I heard a rumor that you were once Kate Bishop for Halloween. Any chance we might get a repeat of that at New York Comic Con this week? No promises, but I'd say maybe keep an eye out. All right. We definitely will. Thank you so much. And we hope you come back again in the future. I will always come on the show whenever you need me. So how does a writer bring all of that awesomeness to the page? 
we talked to Hawkeye Kate Bishop writer Marike Nijkamp to get the scoop. Hi, my name is Marike Nijkamp. My pronouns are she, they, whatever. I'm a writer of many things, um, books, comics, graphic novels, and the 2021 Hawkeye Kate Bishop series. Best Hawkeye. <laughs> no arguments. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that. <laughs> what made you want to write Kate Bishop? I mean, I think a big part of it is that I used to be an archer when I was <gasps> a teen. So I gravitate towards archer characters a lot. <laughs> um, I can't really do archery anymore on account of an injury, so I live vicariously through fictional archers. And Kate is just, she's lovely and she's snarky and she's fun and she's the best. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to write a Hawkeye, why not pick the best one? Exactly. So Kate isn't a new character, wasn't a new character when your series started, but you did a lot to build out who she is. How did you approach that and what parts of her beyond the archery did you especially want to emphasize and explore? So when I got to write Kate, she was in this kind of weird in-between stage of finishing up her life in LA and all her experience there and being in the awkward situation of discovering your mom is a half vampire and your dad is like evil and good times, honestly. And then, you know, working with the West Coast Adventures. And she was just at this, this sort of crossroads from, you know, having her life together in LA and needing to go back to New York because that life that she put together was slowly falling apart again. And I got to, you know, write her at that very interesting moment of where do we go from here and how do we go from here? One of the things I love to do in stories is write found families in all sorts, all shapes and forms. And with Kate specifically, she has this amazing found family. She's made a lot of friends. She's learned to like trust them, trust herself, but she's still struggling with her own family. So I got to be in the fun position where I brought back this character from her past, aka her sister, and had this sort of transformational adventure that brought her from her new home back to her old home, which is now her new, new home, I guess, and find a way to connect with like her blood relatives without it being as weird as previous tries. It was still, you know, slightly awkward. Not necessarily great all the time, but far more of a happily ever after than um, any of the attempts so far. So walk us through kind of the journey that you took her on in your series. We start off meeting Kate in LA when she's like wrapping up her time there and planning to go back to New York and honestly not feeling particularly great about it. Like I said, she's very comfortable in LA. She made her friends there. She found a family there and... New York doesn't necessarily hold many good memories. So she gets a letter in the mail inviting her to a, a fancy resort and spend some time there. And it sounds super dodgy because it obviously is. But Kate being Kate, she's also like, well, I could use a detour before going to New York. So I'm following up on this and we'll see where it leads. And if nothing else, it'll be a fun time in the Hamptons. And if it's going to be bad guys, well, you know, I know how to deal with those as well. And so she ends up in a super fancy resort. She's there with Lucky, best dog ever. <laughs> and as soon as she arrives, he basically runs away from her and she runs after him and discovers that he's fully on betrayed her by paying attention to this other woman who's there, who happens to be her long lost sister, Susan. We haven't seen Susan since like Young Adventures 1, where she is getting married and Kate is super not excited about that. 
And it turns out that marriage failed for a whole lot of reasons, but mostly because her husband was crap. And she went to this resort before, had a really good time, fantastic time. Missed a few memories, key items when she got back. She still had the best time though. So there's this fun tension between, you know, this is not a good place to be, but also everyone says it's an amazing place to be. And Susan is there to figure out like what happened when she was there. What did they take from her? What are the plans of the people behind the resort? And she realizes that she needs some help figuring that out. And so she actually was the one to invite Kate there and find a way to help her, at the very least, get back jewelry that she found out was missing after going there the first time. And so the two of them together in a very tense relationship try to figure out what's actually happening in the resort and realize that nothing is quite as it seems and everyone is either there for nefarious reasons or being hypnotized to have like the best time. And it only goes down from there. What was it like to write a superhero character who doesn't have superpowers? What's well, like kind of my favorite thing? <laughs> <laughs> I love characters with powers, but I also really love characters who just are able to be the hero they are because of the decisions they make and because of their own wits and their own like courage and stubbornly never giving up. And I think Kate is very much one of those heroes, a very recognizable, most of the time, character who can find her own way and who basically defeats most bad guys by just being absolutely incapable of giving up. And that's uh, a pretty awesome trait. So Kate's relationships are really important to her. Her mentor, Clint Barton. She also has a best friend, America Chavez. You know, how did you kind of approach those relationships and the role they play in her life? Yeah, I definitely wanted to include bits and pieces of that because obviously she's like so much is changing. I didn't want her to feel like she's on her own. So I included a lot of texts <laughs> between her and America and also a few texts between her and Clint, just mostly her texting and Clint occasionally being like, why, what, what's <laughs> happening? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, so I love playing with like social media, with text, with things like that in all kinds of stories. And especially in comics, it's just a fun visual way of making those small connections between characters. And then obviously America also shows up because she needed to, because I wanted her to. I wanted to make sure I had not just Kate and her sister, but I wanted her to have access to, you know, friends and teammates at any point, because I feel like those are the types of relationships she has, like the people who will, when you ask them for help, will drop everything and, and show up immediately because she's that type of person too. Even if she'll be begrudging about it at times and super snarky about it, she'll drop everything to help her friends. It's true. And that's part of why we love her so much. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I knew that you used to be an archer, which I am like stunned by. <laughs> and so now I have to ask like, one, what is the best archery story you can tell us? And two, how did you incorporate your archery knowledge into the writing? I think the best archery story might just be that we used to do Christmas-type shootouts at the club where I was shooting. Um, and <laughs> That's I, amazing. I was what? there. Yeah. I mean, that was... the 
best time anyway. But we had these Christmas shootouts and there was one game in particular where instead of targets, they just put up balloons and you'd have to hit them and obviously destroy them. And that part was fine, but they were put up against like the back wall of a gym. And there were a few, must be something like metal pipes along the wall. Oh no. And... I didn't actually break any of the pipes, it's fine, but <laughs> one of my arrows hit one of the pipes and just like did a complete 180 and came <gasps> directly back at me. Oh my god! <laughs> and it tumbled to the ground before it got to me, but it was like, it came straight at me for at least, I think it must have been like 10, 20 meters, something like that. So it was, it was just a... Um, very weird experience. I still have that arrow somewhere. It's completely awesome. bent and twisted out of shape. But it's like, <laughs> this is such a weird situation. I have to keep it. Yeah. Amazing. So if you put points into archery, also put points into dodge is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure your deck skills are, yeah. you know, decent. <laughs> Would die immediately. <laughs> I, I immediately. mean, honestly, the... the the most dangerous part about archery is just making sure you don't twist your elbow inwards too much because like the bowstring will continuously hit that side of your arm and you'll have like bruises for days. Oof. And you would imagine you learn that the hard way, but you just keep making that same mistake over and over <laughs> again for a while. <laughs> Do you think Kate's ever made that mistake? I mean, I feel like she has, but probably when she was like eight or something like that. <laughs> Kate seems like the person who, like, it happened once and she's like, okay, never again. Never, never again. Yeah, for sure. But, like, out of spite. Yeah. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yes. But, yeah, I'm definitely that person who watches movies with archers and goes, like, you'd never hold, like, holding a bow like that is just wrong. Like, that would hurt so much. Oh, my God. Um, Marike live tweets Robin Hood. <laughs> I want your ranking of fictional archers now. Yeah. Just like, you know, who actually knows what they're doing. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, Kate definitely knows what she's doing. I guess Clint's okay, too. <laughs> so begrudging. <laughs> you can follow Marike at M-A-R-I-E-K-E-Y-N on Twitter and Instagram. And the best way to keep up to date with all their work writing fictional archers is by going to MarikeNightCamp.com. I know that sound. Brad wants to contribute again. Brad. Hello. Brad Barton is our senior development manager, and this time we are giving you 10 seconds. You did such a good job last time that we gave you one more second. Ooh, oh, thank you so much. That counts towards your 10. Don't miss your chance. Okay, I'd love to pitch a sports segment. How hard is it to hit a bullseye anyway? How powerful do Kate's archery skills make her? I love that idea. Thanks for the suggestion, Brad. Wow, really? Yeah, that's... Actually, a good question. Oh, man. Thank you. I do have the same last name as Clint Barton, the boy Hawkeye. Do you think I could host this segment? Nope. Welcome to Women of Marvel, Casey. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you do? Hi, my name is Casey Coppold, and I am a member of the United States archery team and Olympic team. And I have been competing professionally in archery for about five years now. 
and how long have you been doing archery generally? When did you first start and what like drew you to it? So my parents did archery and my mom and dad started a archery business in the 80s. And so they had me start with archery when I was just three years old, just in the backyard for fun. My brother and I, we would just shoot arrows into the grass just to have fun, something to be outdoors. And then I started competing when I was around eight years old. So you've been doing this your whole life. How do you train to compete in archery? So I train every day. Most people, like high-level athletes, they take days off. Archery is a very repetitive sport, and it's not super physically strenuous. So I practice every day. I like to do at least two, maybe more hours a day, around 200 arrows a day. Other than just shooting, I do a little bit of working out here and there. I recently was just in school this past year, so my schedule was a little busy and I didn't get as much of a chance to work out, but I'm planning on doing a lot of swimming, other types of cardio, just to keep myself physically fit and keep up with my practice schedule as well. And I imagine also there's a lot of, like you say, it's not particularly physically strenuous, but like it takes a lot of muscle to like pull that bow back is the arm that you pull the bow with. Do you work on strengthening your muscles there? Is that part of your like training routine? Definitely. I have a lot more muscle structure, so to say, on my left side. I'm a Mm left-handed archer. So I pull 40 pounds. That's how heavy my bow is to pull back, 40 pounds. So that side of my body gets a lot of workout. The front side, my right side, doesn't have that same pulling motion. So a lot of times like archers are uneven, so to say, on Mm -hmm. one side. Like my left side is definitely a lot stronger than my right side. But when I go to the gym, if I lift weights, I try to work both sides equally. And I do notice that my left side will be a little stronger. But even when I work out, I try to do so somewhat evenly. And I've seen also that your type of archery, it's called recurve. Can you explain Mm -hmm. what that is and how that's different from other types of archery? So recurve archery is what's in the Olympics. It's also known as Olympic recurve. The bow is a little bit different than other types. There's recurve archery and there's also compound archery. Recurve archery is a much simpler setup. It's kind of what you see in traditional archery, like anything sort of Renaissance related, um, what Hawkeye shoots. Ah. That's her type of setup is a recurve. So on a compound, it's a little bit different. Compounds are made for more precision archery, so to say. They are able to pull a lot more poundage, which gives the arrow much more accuracy. And they have different aids to help like compound has a mechanical release aid that they shoot with whereas recurve archers shoot with just their fingers and a finger tap oh wow compound archers also have magnification in their sight whereas recurve there is no magnification so you're just seeing that target from however far away it is whereas compound has magnification so the target's going to look a lot bigger and it's a lot easier to aim Mm -hmm. And they also have a pulley system, like they have wheels on their bow, which you pull at a certain point and it's really heavy. And then it has what's called like a let off. So when they're actually all the way back fully drawn, the poundage is a lot less. Whereas recurve, you're constantly increasing, increasing, increasing as you pull the bow back. So there's just a couple of little differences and compound is much more seen as like the accurate sort of setup and recurve is seen as more like the Olympic style. You mentioned the magnification that what you do, there is no magnification. You must have very good eyesight. Um, (laughs) How far away are you from the target? So in the outdoor season and the Olympics, we shoot at 70 meters. 
which is about, to put it in other terms, like three quarters of a football field. Wow. So it is really far. And it's at a 122 centimeter diameter target. So that sounds really big. But once you're so far away, it looks Mm -hmm. so tiny. That's way farther than I would have thought. (laughs) Like I can't even (laughs) conceptualize. (laughs) It's pretty far. I I get my steps in every day for sure. Going back and forth to pull those. Yeah. (laughs) So this is going to sound like a very simplistic question, but like, how hard, and you're practicing every day over and over and over again, how hard is it to hit a bullseye? Like how <laughs> how often are you, you know, actually hitting that bullseye? Yeah, so when you get to like a higher level, it's a lot easier, so to say, like because you have so much practice, you get used to like having good form, having good mental technique, and you get very used to like shooting good groups, shooting the bullseye, I guess you could call it a lot mm-hmm. at my competitions outdoors at the 70 meter distance, we shoot 72 arrows as a qualifying round. And usually for me, I'll hit the 10, which is the smallest ring. It's about the size of, I don't know, I'd say a grapefruit around. Okay. My last competition I went to, I had 35 out of 72 tens. So almost okay. half my arrows were tens. And then depending on the conditions, it can be a little different. Like if it's windy, it's um, a lot harder because you have to aim off because the wind will carry the arrows. So like Uh. instead of aiming in the 10 all the time, if the wind is blowing to the left, you might have to aim like right nine or right eight to compensate. So the amount of hitting the bullseye or how difficult it is can depend Mm -hmm. on the weather too and your experience level. So it sounds like a lot of it is, I mean, there's the physical component of it, of course, but it sounds like a lot of it is mental, judging all these external factors like the weather. Is that just a matter of repetition and practice? How do you like train or prepare yourself for those things? The mental aspect is a big part of any sport. I think archery, it's really big because it's so repetitive and you can like fall into the kind of routine of like, oh, like I'm just going through the motions, but you really have Mm -hmm. to keep your mind there. I worked with a couple different mental coaches, I guess you could say that have helped me like create a process that I stick to. And it helps me under pressure to just like stick with my process and do what I know how to do. And as far as like the different conditions and pressure and all that, I get excited when it's windy at a competition because I know everybody else is like, oh, dang it, it's windy. But I'm like, I like shooting in the wind because I know I can shoot just as good of a score in the wind as I can when it's perfectly calm out. So I kind of use that to my advantage when I like I hear people like, oh, it's windy out. I'm like, yeah, it's windy out. So <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm ready for this. Yeah. So I just like to stay positive and turn what can be seen as like a bad situation into a good situation. That's awesome. And obviously this is not a part of what you do, but if you could like imagine if you were Kate Bishop Hawkeye, <laughs> how hard would it be to do what you do to hit that center X or the 10 while running and jumping and like doing all this other stuff that she does? Can you like imagine what that would be like? I, I can't imagine. I it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult enough as it is just standing there and uh-huh. shooting archery. Um, I can't imagine like jumping out of a window and shooting something thing or like falling mm-hmm. from a building or being running or on top of a car like that's like that blows my mind but yeah that I don't know if I'll ever be in the situation to do that but I just <laughs> I know it would be so difficult <laughs> I bet you could do it you have um, uh, <laughs> I appreciate the pain <laughs> <laughs> you have the practice you know what the what the deal is with the wind I bet mm-hmm. you could you could get there <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> And have you seen any kind of change in like young girls, young women being interested in the sport since characters like 
Kate Bishop or like Katniss in The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Are those kinds of characters making an impact in terms of like who you're seeing being interested in the sport? They are for sure. My mom and dad's business, when I go over there, the instructors teach beginning level classes. And sometimes the instructors ask the new students like, hey, what made you get into archery? What made you think to come here and train? And a lot of them say like, oh, like I I saw it in a movie or, oh, I love the action figures and the superheroes that do archery. So like the whole Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Katniss, Merida from Brave, like all those big movies have been super influential on the youth side of archery, bringing kids in because it's something different. It's not the usual soccer, football, whatever. It's something so different. And I think that's the beautiful part of it is like that these movies are tapping into something so niche and it's making kids think outside of the box. And I think that's really cool to see. Is there anything when you're watching these movies that you're like, oh yeah, that is how we like pull the bow back or that looks realistic or, you know, is there anything that you're seeing in movies, even if it's sort of like a fantastical scenario that you can point to and be like, yes, I recognize that. Yeah. A lot of times the fictional archers have good technique or good form. So to say like some things here and there, it's like, okay, like, I don't know if that looked as good, but uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times um, from what I've seen of Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, the form looks really good. I think as like the archery in movies has progressed, the form has gotten better. <laughs> That's awesome. So where can people find you on social media if you want to be found? Can people like see what you're up to online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is crazycasey04 or just type in Casey Caulfield, it'll pop up. And then my uh, Facebook is also Casey Caulfield. And I just like to keep everybody updated on kind of the competitions I'm going to. Like I'll post of like, oh, where I'm going, how I did. And then I also post a little bit about my personal life just to keep everybody updated on stuff outside of archery. But yeah, I just like to share what's going on. And I appreciate when people follow along. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Casey. And good luck with everything. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Our producer, Isabel, actually felt so empowered by that conversation that she decided to go try her own hand at archery. Let's see how that went for her. Okay, I am trying archery at the Renaissance Fair. I'm going to take off my fanny pack. Okay, so Casey Kaufhold told us how to do this. I'm hooking it to the string. All right, I'm standing perpendicular. Ooh, it is he- it's hard to pull. Damn, she did say that one arm gets a lot stronger than the other one. Okay, I'm pulling back. <laughs> I made it onto the straw bale, not into the target though. Okay, try number two. <gasps> see if we can repeat this wow nope but it was still in the target all you know i might have peaked with that bullseye that is hard can confirm she got a bullseye that's exciting yeah that's amazing
So what's next for Kate Bishop? A brand new young adult book starring Hawkeye just came out yesterday by YA and romance author Ashley Poston. It's like published fanfic. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We live in a very good space. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. Um... My name is Ashley Poston, and I wrote Hawkeye, Bishop Takes King, Kate Bishop's first YA novel. I have published half a dozen young adult novels, and I have two adult novels out as well. I'm a New York Times bestseller. One of my books last year was named uh, New York Times' Notable Books of 2022, which is going to be my only claim to fame for the rest of my life. And writing Kate Bishop. And writing Kate Bishop. And writing Bishop. Kate Bishop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so if you like my brand of humor, you're going to love the Kate Bishop novel because it's just full of puns. <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to write Kate Bishop? What was so exciting about her? I have loved Kate Bishop. Okay, I'm going to be a nerd for a second. I have loved Kate Bishop ever since she was first introduced with like the Young Avengers. Mm. <laughs> Way back when. And yeah, I've just... I just really love like her snark and the fact that she always plays best against like a kind of like a stoic character, like a Clint or a, even an America. Her and America's dynamic is one of my favorites of any friendship in the Marvel universe. And I just love her. She's great. She's just so snarky and she's vulnerable and she's funny and she's really relatable too. So your book just came out, so we don't want to spoil too much for listeners who plan to read it, but what can you tell us without spoilers about where we kind of find Kate when the book begins? Ooh, we find Kate back in New York City, and she is looking for a birthday gift for her older sister. And instead of finding that, she finds a small crime taking place that she saves a guy from. And they get their bag switched. And that turns into kind of this hunt across New York City for these rare and valuable books that Kingpin is also after for nefarious reasons. Dun-dun-dun. Mm. Dun-dun-dun. So it has like a lot of fun cameos. I think something that we really love about Kate and puts her apart in a Marvel universe in which there are so many superheroes with superpowers is that Kate doesn't have superpowers. So what is it like to write a character like that who exists in the universe she exists in who has to excel and does excel without those superpowers. Well, that is a little bit of what Bishop Takes King is about because she <laughs> finds herself being without her extraordinary like self, right? She doesn't even have like the talents that she fostered for plot reasons. <laughs> and so she has to come to terms with like what makes her who she is and like why she is who she is. And yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Well, we love it. We love you. We're so happy that you were here. We hope our listeners know Hawkeye Bishop Takes King is out right now. So you should go pick it up. Right now. There's a really good dog in it. Of course, there's a good dog in it. I mean, how could I not have Lucky in it? Lucky is the best pizza dog to ever pizza, to ever dog. And there is like a small kind of romance, but not really because we all love Kate and Kate just really loves her kisses and her kissing scenes. (laughs) 
It's a They've never fan out. Uh, I love it. Um, but mostly it's about the friendship between her and America. So if you ship Kate and America, don't worry. And don't go. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Hawkeye, Bishop Takes King is out now wherever you get your books, so go check it out. And be sure to follow Ashley on Instagram at HeyAshPoston so you can support her great work. What about after you're done with Ashley's book? What if you need more Kate Bishop? Robin, help us out. I've got you. This is Robin again with your Marvel Unlimited reading list, this time for Kate Bishop, one of my favorite Young Avengers. You can read all of these comics in chronological order. We're presenting them in chronological order here. But you can really start anywhere. If any of these series jump out to you, all of them serve as an ideal entry point for people new to comics. And some of these series are self-contained as well. So great for new readers. I think we just started her very first appearance, Young Avengers issue one from 2005. We meet Kate at a wedding. It is specifically a ceremony for her older sister. And while she might not have super, super powers, we see right off the bat exactly how kick-ass she is when the wedding is held hostage and Kate does not accept any of the assailant's demands and she takes on all of them single-handedly until the Young Avengers crash the scene. So we get to see just how strong her combat skills are when she takes out these guys in a cool five seconds. That's so good. She is remarkably skilled, yes. Mm -hmm. And we'll follow that up with the Young Avengers special, also from 2005, also issue one. And I love this whole series because it's really the backstory of each Young Avenger told in a single issue. So here we get Kate Bishop's backstory when she's talking to Jessica Jones, who's running a story on the Young Avengers for the Daily Bugle. And we see exactly why Kate became a superhero, her origin story. We learn more about her family. She comes from a very wealthy background and is actually quite uncomfortable with it. She doesn't know where she fits in, but she does know that she belongs with the Young Avengers. And we follow up next with Hawkeye from 2012, <sighs> issue one. We love this one, it's right? so good. Yeah, I know. I know. This is Hawkeye, Clint Barton, street level, pulpy, gritty, but also really funny. And Kate Bishop is his Hawkeye team up partner. And this is where she really comes into her own. She gets the Hawkeye training. She gets the full arsenal of really cool trick arrows and she learns all the tricks of the trade. This series introduces Lucky the Pizza Dog, <laughs> Tracksuit Mafia. It is an Eisner-winning run by Matt Fraction and David Aha, and it's beautifully designed and told. I highly recommend reading this one in full. I never got to work on this one, but it was so much fun sitting in the room with the editors who were working on this one, watching this get made. It was so much fun to watch this book come together. Very different, too. Like, yeah. lettering style, paneling. If you're new to comics, it's kind of untraditional in format, and it's a really good place to start, I think. And we... Follow it up with another Hawkeye run, a titular Hawkeye series from 2016. This is Kate Bishop in the starring role. She is the singular Hawkeye with a little bit of Clint Barton thrown into the mix. 
And this is the series where she goes to Los Angeles and she starts a detective agency, a private eye agency that deals with superhuman and human mysteries. And I love this starter series, too, because there's a lot of guest stars. Jessica Jones is thrown into the mix. And we get the very bizarre and juicy backstory of Kate's mom, Eleanor. Her story is fleshed out, and it's got some very supernatural elements to it. And Madame Mask features heavily in this one, too. So she's a important antagonist in the life of Kate Bishop. Love this one. It's written by Kelly Thompson. Leonardo Romero is the artist and Jordi Belair on colors. And Kelly also brings us our next one, right? <laughs> she sure does. West Coast Avengers. So this is a reboot of the West Coast Avengers team that Clint Barton started all those years ago with his partner, Mockingbird. This is a 10-issue run, so it's a very digestible, limited series. And basically, Kate Bishop finds herself a crew, her West Coast Avengers team, We've got Quentin Choir, a guy named Fuse, Jeff the Landshark, Clint Barton, and it's a kind of kooky series with a lot of fun elements. Like I said, there are land sharks in the very first issue, and <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's also told documentary style, so the catch is that this team is being funded by a film crew, so they have to chronicle everything that happens and the Quentin Choir interviews alone are just worth their weight in gold. This series is a lot of fun. And as I recall, it also spotlights the friendship between Kate and America Chavez, which anytime mm. the two of them are, you know, in a story together, I just love it. Dynamic partnership for sure. And Kate shows up in America's uh, limited series too from 2017. So if you like West Coast Avengers and you like America and Kate together, follow it up with America's solo series. It's also gorgeously illustrated and colored. We conclude our list with Hawkeye Kate Bishop, issue one from 2021. This is her solo series, a five issue limited. And Kate is picking up from Los Angeles. She is going home to New York where she has to solve a mysterious jewel heist at a resort. Her sister is implicated as well. And this is Hawkeye, Kate Bishop at her most detective, sleuthy self. And of course, the resort is definitely a trap, but she knows that going in. And it's a really cool adventure to read. So I love this one if you're new to comics as well. That's a really awesome one. And we actually just talked to author Marika Nijkamp earlier in the episode. So that is a must read in my book. And you can read any of these issues in the Marvel Unlimited list in reading order or really Start wherever it feels right. All of these are self-contained for the most part. So there you go. Thank you for that wonderful reading list. I think there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, how could there not be? It's Kate Bishop, right? Yeah, and I, I think she shows you don't need superpowers in the traditional sense to really come into your own. And she's just... So cool. I love the Young Avengers in general, but she really stands out. Absolutely. And as much as I enjoy her adventures with Clint or her solo adventures, there is something great about Kate as mm -hmm. part of a team or the leader of a team. Those are some of my favorites. By the way, we're going to link out to this list. So if you didn't catch everything here, don't worry. We're going to break it down for you. Thanks so much, Robin. <laughs> 
Next week on Women of Marvel, we are meeting the Ice Queen herself, Emma Frost. Until then, Women of Marvel is produced by Isabel Robertson, Zachary Goldberg, Ellie Pyle, and Preeti Chibber. Our senior manager of audio development is Brad Barton. Production manager is Emily Godfrey. And our executive producer is Jill Duboff. Special thanks to our comics correspondent, Robin Belt. Listen weekly on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Preeti Chibber. I'm Ellie Pyle. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>